I pray with her. This is Debbie's first time uh, being at the front and showing the talk, and it's a, a very brave thing to do. But we know that God's with her and given her the words to say, Father, thank you for Debbie's willingness to step out in faith and to share uh, your words. We just pray that your Holy Spirit will support her and give her peace in her mind and heart and that our ears will be open to hear what you say through her. Amen. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> I did read recently that you're meant to say amen in the same tone and not louder than the person who said the prayers. Not that we do anything by the rules here, as you will judge that Simon actually has asked me to preach, and I'm not officially a member of this congregation, because as you know, I do edit in touch, but I've been a member of St. Mary's Church for 16 years, and they don't let me preach either. <laughs> anyway, we're just getting used to while the cat being away. So, how many of you, in all honesty, had heard of Abigail before it appeared on my beautiful postcard of the Women of the Bible? Right, there's a test of integrity, only about five of you'd heard, at least the rest of you I hope are being honest, because I hadn't heard of Abigail, and even one of my lovely friends at Holy Trinity, who I respect and is a Bible guru, I would say, uh, for want of a better word, um, she hadn't heard of her. So this became a bit of a treasure hunt for me, because I knew the theme was integrity. And if you read the story, um, Eileen's just read some of it to us, it's really a ripping yarn. So David, King David, wasn't king at that stage. King Saul uh, was the king of Israel, and David had been his number one man. And Saul, unfortunately, was insecure, as some leaders are for some reason, um, and manic-depressive and terrified, and basically he was out for David's guts. He threw a spear at um, at David, which freed David from all responsibility of loyalty and um, obedience, and David fled, and he became an outlaw. So we pick up the story where David is being living as an outlaw. He'd been hunted and harried through the hills for a number of years. He's living rough. Um, none of us, I suppose, have managed to live rough, but you can imagine living in caves, finding people uh, to feed you, and... Gradually, David gathered a gang around him. Anyway, while he was out there taking refuge, his men would protect the local shepherds from attack. So the shepherds, who were almost bandits themselves, were out there looking after their master's sheep and um, without extorting any money, which some people would have done, David sent his men and sort of stood around and acted as an armed guard around the sheep so um, nothing was lost. And then came the time of the sheep shearing, and the boss man said, right, big sheep shearing, whoopee-doo, let's have a barbecue. That's the equivalent of it. Let's kill some of these sheep that we've saved. So David hears about this and sends his men, and as we uh, read, sends a polite greeting and says, hey, guys, you notice uh, you were, your sheep were out there, your shepherds were vulnerable, we protected them, let me into the party. And Nabal, whose name means fool, and it also means mean, and he's a Calebite, which means a dog, none of these are very good omens, uh, basically told him where to go. So this is where our Lady Abigail comes in. 
Now, it begs the question of why she was married to such a fool, because she was intelligent and beautiful. But, you know, the best of us marry the wrong people. <coughs> Thank you, Lord. A mission in humility. Anyway, Abigail must have been quite a trustworthy lady because the servants actually were appalled by the way their master had treated David's emissaries and went to Abigail and told her, look, these guys really looked after us. They didn't steal from us. They protected us. So Abigail took her life in her hands. It's really hard. When we read the story, you just think, oh, yeah, she disobeyed her husband. We're so used to women disobeying their husbands, aren't we? Um, but here it was a really big issue. Um, frankly, she was defying her husband, which would have been grounds for divorce at the very least. So she took her life in her hands as she took this decision to do the right thing as opposed to what her husband had done. Her husband had uh, gone against all the customs of hospitality. He'd insulted David. He'd um, insulted his inheritance, his pedigree. Uh, he'd called him a servant, an outlaw. You know, this is... Well, you can fill in the gaps of the names he called him in the insults that he gave through the messenger. And the response from David was murderous rage. Now, we've all heard of incidents of road rage, so, and you've maybe even seen it in your own lives, of someone, you press the wrong knob, and they're off, and they're out, and the red screen comes up. Well, this is what David was in a couple of miles away. But Abigail must have known the Lord because what she did was defied her husband and said, no, we must do what is the right thing. And so she loaded up, and there's a whole list that Eileen read to us of the food and the raisin cakes and the sheep. And basically, she sent off, you know, out of the back door, sent servants galore with food, 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 like, Ugh! we've got to put this right. More than that, she herself went out and into this amazing dark night, into the rocky ravines, rode out through towards this, this, well, in one sense, enemy camp. Outlaws were known for robbing people, cutting their throats. Rape would be, you know, the least of her problems. But she rode out into the night. And then, when she saw David, she threw herself on the ground and she lay down and bowed before him. Now that's an act of huge humility. It's something that maybe even we don't do when we say we're being humble before the Lord, but we, we sit to pray. We sometimes stand. Do we ever get down on our face and bow before the cross? She did that. And that's something that was superhuman knowledge to actually bow before the future king of Israel. She couldn't have known that he'd been anointed by Samuel as the future king. As far as she knew, he was an outlaw on the run from the, the legal king. Anyway, as I was reading this story, um, it made me think how we need to be doing the right thing, but then we also need to hear God that gives us that extra impact because the words of, you know, the, the, the action she did, just taking the food out, wasn't anything like enough to have stopped 
um, David in his tracks because as far as he was concerned, he was going to go right through the hills, slaughter Nabal, set fire to all the barns, probably set fire to all the sheep, kill all the servants, so he'd have got the food anyway. So the food was immaterial. But this act of homage, of obeisance, of really abasing herself before David, brought him up short and stopped him from doing what would have been disastrous. Um, I might go back to the script now. So Abigail showed the prophetic wisdom, revealing to David an aspect that he had re- hadn't had time to consider because he was so angry. And her argument wasn't that uh, Nabal deserved to live because she actually calls him, I mean, this isn't very loyal, so maybe she knew that um, the marriage wasn't all that up because she called him a fool and an idiot and all the rest of it. But her concern wasn't for her husband. She'd actually left him so mentally she'd maybe almost divorced him in her own mind. But her concern was for David, that he would suffer the staggering burden of needless bloodshed, having avenged himself for this insult. She showed God's concern rather than her own, and she said, let no wrongdoing be found in you. She held him to account to preserve his integrity in view of the office that he would hold later. It's very unfortunate that later in his reign, he actually lost sight of this advice, both militarily and morally, and it became rather lax in his, um, and complacent, and the devastating effects of his affair with Bathsheba and murder of Uriah. But that was in the future. So to summarize Abigail, she was a wise woman who recognized the need to humble herself, and in doing so, she also interceded for her people and saved the servants Uh, from a fate perhaps worse than death. She was humble. She was prepared to take responsibility for her husband's um, shortcomings and that horrendous breach of etiquette, that insult. She was courageous, risking her life, not telling her husband of her plans, so uh, she'd have lost everything, perhaps even her own life, by taking matters into her own hand. And um, going to meet David was risky. Would you go and eat meat? You know, would you go down to the barton at night risking uh, who knows what? Um, Abigail was courageous, and her motive was not to think of herself, but to plead for the lives of those who um, she owed allegiance to. She was prophetic, and she spoke words to David, and it was both her action lying on the ground and then speaking um, those words that averted the bloodshed. And she was faithful. She believed in God and spoke his message to David. And that faithfulness was rewarded um, because when she went back the next day, um, Nabal was drunk when she got back. Well, so she waited till the next morning, told him, and he had a stroke. And 10 days later, he was dead. Doesn't happen all the time. Sometimes it takes 20 years. And um, then David heard about that, and widows didn't have much of a a reputation or uh, anyone to look after them, and David made her his wife. 
and one of six or seven, you might say, while he was king of Hebron, which he became a few weeks later, a few months later. Um, but nevertheless, she was married to David and bore him a son. And it's probably um, good that we don't hear much about his son by Abigail, because all the other sons, one raped, his elder son raped his half-sister, another son rebelled against him. So um, not to be spoken about in the Bible is probably quite a good thing. Anyway, what's all that to do with us? Shout out for me, just to prove you're awake, because I'm almost asleep and I'm saying... Anyway, um, hallmarks of integrity. What do you think some of the hallmarks of integrity were? If anyone matches my words, um, you get a kiss if you're a man and a hug if you're a lady. Honesty, on my list, brilliant, yes. Courage, excellent. Loyalty, brilliant. Truthfulness, yes. I've got trustworthiness, scrupulousness, honorable, humility. Bravery, yes. Yes, absolutely. And what's that got to do with us? Because those are quite scary words, aren't they? That's a long list. Courageous, trustworthy, consistent, just, obedient, moral, accountable, disciplined, scrupulous, honorable, humble, responsible, sacrificial. Well, how do we live like Abigail? In part, not by being like Nabal. He was mean, insecure, stingy, churlish, arrogant, boastful, and greedy. It's to her credit that she rejected her husband's value and salutary to know that we can be in close relationship with someone, maybe even married to them, but hold on to principles that set us apart. And we can't know always what effect we will have on their lives, if anything, but we need to hold on to those principles. And the great advantage that we have over Abigail is that we know the Lord Jesus Christ and his spirit is living in us. So a few uh, top tips for us as we leave, and I really, this will be the end, um, things that we can strive for. And when I say strive, I just mean turn our compass point towards accountability. We can be accountable to God. We can not be complacent. We can keep short accounts with God. Um, we cannot rationalize and make excuses and apologize uh, instead. Confession is actually a liberating gift. So we can spend time with God and let him do the filtering out of wrong thoughts and wrong attitudes. Um, and then shun behavior or thoughts that we know are sinful. But it's the Holy Spirit transforming us day by day from the inside out that will um, lead us in that. And we can do what we've been doing today. We can spend time in worship and praise and um, in reading our Bible and sometimes um, just being silent with God. And um, we can be accountable to others. We can allow another trusted person to come alongside our, us in our lives, a mature Christian perhaps, and have that discipline of being accountable to one another and taking personal responsibility for our walk with Christ. Um, it's very easy as you, as you go along and keep going to church to actually be standing still spiritually and um, having a more disciplined lifestyle. 
and um, allowing someone else to speak into our situation is important, which leads on to another thing about having kingdom relationships. Um, we need honesty. Someone said about honesty was really important. And it's important not to fudge and skirt issues um, that are offensive, not to us, but to God. And so we earn the right to speak into someone's situation by, first of all, loving people, not judging them, and being their friend. But then we need to have the courage to speak into situations where we think people are doing something that is really wrong or that will do them damage and that will cut them off from God. So this isn't to say that we can um, just be petty and pointless and um, criticize each other, but that we need to spur each other on to good actions and to confront and challenge lazy thinking. Um, we can have courage. We don't have to go down to the bar at night and talk to people or be a street pastor, but we can speak out about, against injustice and we can intercede for people. Um, generosity is another mark of integrity. Uh, looking after widows and orphans, giving to the needy, but without begrudging. And we can do that in the confidence that God is generous to us, that with him the cup overflows. And it was an Eastern custom that you gave someone three days of hospitality and you kept pouring wine into their glass. Lovely. Um, but then when your glass was allowed to run empty, it meant it was time to go. Go and drink your own wine now. Bye, Anthony. Um, and... Um, with God, the cup is always overflowing. It's always overflowing. We're always welcome. We're welcome to stay with him, and the cup will overflow and overflow and overflow. So Abigail, she was a woman of integrity and destiny. With many of the other women that we'll read about in the next few weeks, uh, Esther, Deborah, Hannah, Mary, and these women did remarkable things in their day and their generation. But you know something? Whether you're a woman or a man, God wants us to do remarkable things in our day and our generation. And are we willing to display the courage and integrity in our lives that Abigail displayed in hers? Final question for you then. Can people tell by your actions that God comes first in your life? And if not, are you ready to do something about it? Better is the one who walks in integrity than the perverse in his ways, though he be rich. So may we have the poverty of integrity. Amen.